0: Let's dive in now. So welcome back, Savvy Souls, to another episode of the Unlikely Artist Podcast. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is you. When clients give me feedback, I think my favorite piece of feedback that I get is when they say to me, After we're finished coaching or when we're in the middle and they feel like they're making progress when they say these words to me, I feel more myself. To me, that's what coaching is all about. There's so many ways you might notice that you stop yourself from being all of you. And I'm going to talk about five of those. I could probably talk about 20 of them, but today we're going to talk about five of them. The first way that you stop being yourself is, and I have so many people say this to me, some form of this sentence, I filter myself down to being vanilla. So think about vanilla ice cream. You know, a lot of us like it. It's pretty good. But the popular ice cream stores, it's not because they sell plain old vanilla ice cream they sell burnt marshmallow ice cream they say they sell butterscotch and pine nut you know ice cream they sell these wonderful varieties of ice cream that people are dying to try and vanilla ice cream yeah that's something that most people like my daughter actually hates it but most of us like vanilla ice cream but we prefer the subtleties of different flavors, the surprise, the different and creative mixtures of flavors. And so when you talk about filtering yourself down to being vanilla, just trying to be like everybody else, what you're really saying is, I'm willing to contain my personality, to not really be myself, really so that I'm not offensive to anyone, so that most people will like me. Maybe Alana won't like me, but everybody else will like me. You're also saying, in a sense, that you don't want to be judged. You're worried about being judged as wrong or deficient. So I want to share something with you that I think it was uh, Brooke Castile from the Life Coach School once used as an example. And I think she's so right. And of course she just made up the statistic, but it's kind of sat with me for a while, which is if you walk into a room, let's say you're going to a party and there's a hundred people in the room, there's probably going to be a third of those people in the room that are going to meet you. And they're just going to love everything about you. They're going to love how you dress. They're going to love the kind of things you talk about. They're just going to like the energy that you put off. And there's a third of the people in the room that are just going to be, yeah, yeah, that's fine, but not really notice you. And then there's going to be a third of the people in the room that go, oh, I hate that dress or, you know, judge you in some way. And the reason I find this example to be so useful is if that were really what life is like, and life is like that you know, maybe not in the one-third, one-third perfect split between those categories. But the truth is there are a lot of people out there in the world who are really going to like you and some people who are not going to really like you and other people that don't really care about you. And that's always going to be the case, whether you try to be vanilla or you allow yourself to be who you are. So what I'd recommend instead Since trying to be somebody that everybody likes doesn't work, how about being your own champion for yourself? Being who you really are, just walking into the room, whatever room you're walking into, and just being natural. Like if you're quiet, don't try to be loud. If you're excitable, don't try to be quiet. Just Be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be your role model. Don't try to be like the person who's popular. Just stop judging yourself and allow other people to like you for who you are. If you're pretending to be somebody else, if you're pretending to be vanilla, if you're hiding your flavors, you're not giving other people a chance to actually get to know and like you. So ironically, even if when you're being vanilla, everybody likes you, they're not actually liking you. They're liking this artificial construct of who you are. So it really doesn't serve a good purpose. Another issue that a lot of you tell me about is you think other people know the answers that other people know what's best for you. And you'll know if there's a part of you that thinks that right. that's right because you'll canvas other people for their opinions. You'll try to get as many people to offer their advice about what you should do in this particular situation. Or you'll follow what's happening on social media or in the news to see what the trends are, to see what the experts are saying, to try to find out from somebody else what's best for you. The truth is, even your best friends don't know what's best for you. There's really nobody in the world, even our spouses, even our partners, even our parents, even our best friends, who really know everything that's going on inside us, how we really feel about everything, who understand our traumas and our experiences and what we've learned and what we've learned we don't like and what, we, what we've what we learned we do like. And at the end of the day, when we listen to everybody else's advice, some of it might be very good. Some of it might be really well-intentioned. But if you're not going back and checking in with you as the prime authority, as the person in the world who knows what's best for you, you're never gonna be as happy as when you're willing to trust yourself. And also you only you have access to your inner wisdom, to the wisdom that's in your body. I talk about this from time to time, but there's a part of you that knows what's right for you, what you're in the world for, what makes you feel alive and excited and expansive, what makes your life feel meaningful, whether it's hosting a dinner for your family get-together or whether it's running for prime minister or president. Only you have access to what's right for you and what you're yearning to do. And when you think that other people know the answers, you're depriving yourself of so much inner knowing and you're not going to be as happy and feel as fulfilled when you end your life as somebody who's followed what feels right and true and good to them. Another issue that comes up that prevents people from being more of themselves that you might have in your life is that you've identified certain ways that you're different. And instead of celebrating those differences, you believe they mean that there's something wrong with you, that the ways you're different mean that there's something wrong with you. You label those ways you're different as wrong. I was really inspired a few weeks ago. I'm on LinkedIn a fair bit. And I saw a post by this young woman who's looking for a job. Her name is Nicole Gagné. If you're on LinkedIn, I would highly recommend you follow her. She is autistic and she describes herself in her profile as hyper-observant, inclusive, and she says specificity is her jam because that's what she's really good at. And she writes these beautiful articles about belonging. She writes these beautiful articles about whatever makes you weird is probably your biggest asset. And she's so right. When I read her post, I was wishing I had an organization where I could hire her because people like Nicole, who really celebrate who they are, who go and say, hey, I'm really different. And these are the benefits of my differences, who can see it in herself and shares it with the rest of us she personally brought me a lot of joy and insight and she's out on LinkedIn with her posts doing that for other people. Another uh, example that's close to mine, and I've talked about her before, that's because she's been coaching me now for a year and a half, is my coach, Simone Seol, who really preaches about how we can use our neurodivergent brains and make a difference. I know so many coaches who are neurodivergent in some way. I know so many coaches who are neurodivergent in some way. A lot of of us have ADHD. And what Simone helped us do is start thinking of the ways our brains work differently as being an asset. She herself has ADHD. And for about a decade, she was trying to conform to the way other people's brains work and to modes of running her business that work for people with a neuro normal brains i don't even know if that's a term but kind of in quotes normal brains and those ways of working didn't work for her you know, calendaring herself having very spe- specific planned activities ahead of time didn't work for her so she eventually coached herself to say, how is being ADHD, having ADHD, how is that an advantage to me? And she realized that she could work in bursts of creativity, that her brain would move around a lot of topics very quickly, and she could piece things together and be wildly creative. And if she allowed herself to do things she was really fascinated in and be creative when she wanted to be, she could just come out with brilliant post after brilliant podcast after brilliant teaching session and make a big difference in the world. And now she's a multimillion dollar coach because she produces such authentic and welcoming uh, messages. So that that's another example of how being different in some way is really valuable. So I want you to look at yourself. It doesn't have to be a diagnostic difference. We all tend to think there's something wrong with our brain. There's something wrong with our way of being. There's something wrong with the way we experience emotions. There's something wrong with the way we navigate through life. There's something wrong with whether we're too loud or too quiet. And it's really learning to look at those things about yourself that are different and celebrating them that can help you become more of yourself. A fourth issue I've noticed is people that don't allow themselves to like what they like. So many of you present yourselves with that issue to me. So when you don't allow yourself to like what you like and you're worried about what everybody else likes what the fashion is what seems to be popular you really reduce the shine on what's brilliant about you i think i did a podcast about a podcast episode about this earlier on um but that was some 70 episodes again and so i'm going to share an experience with you again just a little one which was really super helpful to me in terms of helping me allow myself to like what I like. So I want you to think for a moment about the way you dress and ask yourself, who am I dressing for? So when you pick out your clothes, you're trying to pick what's fashionable, like what other people have told you makes you look thin or makes you look, I don't know, voluptuous or makes you look, you know, whatever way they think is attractive, who are you dressing for? So I took this course at the beginning of 2021, was with this woman called Ejene Schultz. She calls herself the Technicolor Priestess. And it was about how to dress with what we had in the closet. And it was all based on us getting in touch with who we are, at a deep level and expressing that. So she taught us about the four elements. She taught us how to choose what two elements, uh, really represented who we really are. Mine were fire and earth. And then she talked about how different kinds of clothing fall within those elements. And then she got us to really get into the spirit of our elements, through looking at pictures on Pinterest and seeing what lit us up. So if I was looking on Pinterest, I first went through the fire element, like, and she explained what that meant in terms of clothes. And I found clothes that just, when I looked at them, it was like, that's uh, she calls it a fuck yeah. So is that a fuck yeah? You put it in your Pinterest And then I did that with the earth elements So people did it with their particular elements. And then we had a session on zoom where we sat on the floor in our closets and just picked out items, you know, keeping those elements in mind, keeping who we are at a deep level in mind and going, do I love this? Do I not love this? So just throwing out everything that wasn't something that we loved. And then putting things together, like getting us out of the box of, oh, this matches with this or I wear this evening jacket with evening clothes and just max, you know, matching patterns together that you'd never think of putting together or putting crazy colors together or putting evening wear with, you know, athletic wear and all of that. and discarding anything that didn't feel amazing and noticing what made us feel amazing. And ever since I did that course, I always dress exactly the way I want to. And it's a morning kind of almost ritual of celebrating who I am, who I'm feeling that day, what feels really amazing to me and not really caring about what other people think. So for example, I live in the countryside and I realized before I took that course, I was feeling like I had to dress down, I had to wear jeans, I had to wear athletic gear because I'm out in the fields, I'm out doing all this stuff but I'm actually a person who loves dresses. So I'm in the country and I wear dresses lots of times I wear whatever I like. And that's just, uh, an example of how allowing yourself to like what you really like can be incredibly freeing. So kind of expand that to the rest of your life and look, you know, at activities, like what things would really light me up, not do, not what activities does my spouse do or do my children do or do my friends do or my colleagues do, but what things are out there in the world that I would really love to do and go and try something that you haven't done before just because the idea of doing it lights you up and watch your brain for saying something like, oh, well, I've never done that before, I can't do it. If it lights you up, go do it and follow your joy. This is such a helpful way of becoming more of yourself more of the time the final thing i'm going to talk about today ways that you are less of yourself than you could be is when you define success according to what matters to other people and not to you so so many of us pursue the dollars we pursue, you know, if we're in school, the grades that we get, we pursue the reviews we get in social media. We we really pursue these markers, these quantifiable measures of our success, or we look at our material goods. We look at the house we live in, the designer clothes we own, the car we drive, the expensive vacations we go on, and we don't necessarily even appreciate or love those things. We're so busy trying to show everybody else we're successful in ways that they can understand. We don't sit back and go, what's important to me? So what I want you to do is look at what really matters to you when you're defining success. For example, maybe what really matters to you is the experiences that you have in your life. What kind of rich experiences can you create for yourself? How much are you learning? What new things are you learning? What new pieces of wisdom are you observing in your brain? What languages are you learning? What developments are you hearing about? How connected do you feel to the world of science, to advancing technology, to history or whatever subject you actually love and enjoy. Or another thing that might be really important to you is the quality of your relations. How deep are your friendships? How often do you see your friends? How much time do you get to spend with your spouse or your kids or your family? Are you so busy pursuing dollars? Are you so busy pursuing the good grades? Are you so busy pursuing the material goods in your life that you're not actually spending the time doing the things that actually matter to you or maybe a marker of success for you is how much freedom do you have how much free time do you have how much free space do you have what are you creating for yourself in your life there's so many things that might matter so want to look you to look at what goals are you pursuing And are those really things that matter to you? Ask yourself, are these things that really matter to me? And is pursuing these goals depriving me of the things that, when I really think about it, are really the things that matter to me? So, Savvy Souls, today I've given you five different things, five different ways that you can feel more yourself. First, instead of filtering yourself down to being vanilla, you can become your own flavor and allow people to like who you are. Secondly, you can decide that the other people don't know what's best for you. You do that. You have the source of the best wisdom about you. Thirdly, you can celebrate the ways that you're different and decide that The way that you're different is exactly what makes you amazing and brilliant. Fourth, you can start allowing yourself to like what you like instead of thinking that you need to like what other people like. And finally, you can start defining success in your life according to what matters to you and not to other people. So my overall message today is it's tiring and it's exhausting and it's self-defeating to try to be something you're not. And it can wear on your soul. It can have you waking up in the morning and wondering what's missing and why you're not happy. And it's totally not necessary and it's counterproductive. What's the secret to happiness? What's the secret to a life that feels expansive and rich? It's this. Allow yourself to be more of yourself all of the time. Delight in being you. And savvy souls, if you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you'd share it with your friends or write me a review on iTunes or Just get the message out that this is there and available to other people. I've talked to so many people who feel really helped by the messages I share. They feel more expansive. They've made changes to their lives. And they've never spent a dollar coaching with me. And it's just awesome because it makes me feel good to be out there in the world helping all of you. So all I'm asking from you is just share this with somebody you think might benefit from what I have to say here. Love you guys and see you next time. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together we'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.